0: So we're doing something completely new in this episode, so I will not do any of that intro shit this time. I tried to do a more interactive live stream where the audience could ask questions at the end of it, just, you know, to see how that works. and. Um, uh, with some modifications, I think that this will be a format that I'm going to pursue every now and then in the future. Where we'll have these sort of roundtable discussions that are completely informal. And we just pick a topic to just ramble about. If the sound is a little crappy on this one, that's partially because I am back in Norway for the holidays. But this is also more of an ad hoc, playful format. Where, there's, where the bar is very low. And where there might at different points be people chipping in. Uh, from their phones and such. This is, of course, a supplement to regular Norse content. It's not going to replace anything, so you can take it or leave it, basically. I got my friend back on, the archaeologist Axel Thursen, whom many of you will know from earlier episodes, So we're going to talk about Robert Eggers' upcoming film, The Northman*, And we'll just muse about Viking movies and historical movies more, you know, generally. So, that's that. And without further ado, well, let's get on with the show. Okay, there we go. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah. <laughs> Axel, of course, you're the guest of honor here today. So, so thank you, you. You don't have to stay muted. And of course, uh, <laughs> other people. Um, later on uh we're gonna open the mics if you have anything to add or, or something like that this is kind of an experiment that we're running here i've never done a live brute norse hangout before uh so but i figured that this was a great opportunity to just you know wing it and do something kind of different something mm. that isn't just completely you know so so much effort for, for a while for once in a while and do something that is kind of Not just news about old things, you know, just uh, something, something that is fresh and relevant for a change, which I seem to be very bad at, uh, generally speaking. So, Axel, have you seen the trailer for the new uh, Kurt Eggers uh, film, uh, The North? Indeed, I
1: have. Indeed, I have.
0: Yeah. uh, So, I I, I can't take for granted that everybody has. So I'm going to link the. I'm going to put a link here in the uh, this chat so that people can see it. And uh, if you want to, actually you're, you're on a computer, right? Yes. Yes. So it won't fuck up anything if you press the link. Uh, maybe, why don't we just watch the trailer again? Because that's what we're going sure. to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Kurt Eggers' new uh, Viking movie with Bjork or Bjork and uh, Nicole Kidman. And uh, (laughs) yeah, Um, whenever people are ready, if they have the link up, we can just uh, press play. As long as you're ready, Axel, I am for sure. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, okay. Let's go. Banzai.
2: Now, behold. He's here.
3: king, my lady, the king.
2: Uh, Your fate is set and you cannot escape it. How oh, I've missed you, my son. One day,
0: this it's very brown be so yours. far, isn't it? The Thank color you, Father. scheme,
2: mm-hmm. my king. You
0: got those massive Arab dirhams as necklaces. Father!
2: I will avenge you father I will save you mother I will kill you Fiona I will avenge you father I will save you mother I will kill you Fiona
3: Why would you stow away to such a hellish place
2: To find what was stolen from me
3: and what is that?
2: The kingdom.
4: You must choose between kindness for your kin. The,
0: the, the armor and weaponry
4: isn't for your bad. Your
2: strength is oh, I have the cunning to break their minds. And night by night, we will carry out my pledge of vengeance. I will avenge you, father.
0: <laughs> so it's very obvious what kind of a uh, film this is. Uh this is a uh, a revenge movie. Uh we've seen those kinds of viking movies before, you know, like uh, the uh uh, uh classic Icelandic spaghetti viking films. Mm-hmm. Um well yeah, there's a lot to uh there's a lot to talk about in terms of the material culture here already uh with the I, I think the the weapons uh, and the armor doesn't look half bad but it it looks kind of decent in kind of the the Lord of the Rings movies kind of way where it's like it looks you know you know you can see that a lot of it isn't historical but it draws from historical inspiration which in my opinion if you're gonna do something yeah. that is kind of like has this fantasy feel to it it should try to be fantasy but kind of close to historical counterparts which I think I think that that's the, that's the right uh way to do it there are some other things here though that like i just mm-hmm. took some notes just from just right after my initial viewing and also just based on some of the comments that i've been seeing online for anybody listening to this afterwards and i've edited this into a podcast and if they haven't seen the trailer yet the trailer has half naked dudes in wolf pelts so wolf or berserkers it has weapon dancers with those horned bird uh terminal uh, headdresses which i thought was very uh, interesting and i'm very excited to see even though it's yeah i'm willing to overlook the kind of chronological anachronism there maybe possibly but um uh yeah <laughs> i see björk is there uh, uh playing the character of maria uh-huh. france of high <laughs> lung fame uh, and uh it has a bearded man in a dress with an aegis on his forehead uh who wants to give us a little head uh, and of course, uh, I think very memorably there's uh, the Valkyrie that looks like Yolandi Jol- Visser, uh, who has not braces <laughs> as some people uh, seem to think. No. Uh, but filed teeth, which I actually think is kind of a cool, uh, cool detail there. I, I don't, if people don't aren't aware of it, uh, the, there is ample evidence mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. some some people in the Viking age filed their teeth uh, in some kind of context. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think, Axel? Do you have any hopes? Uh,
1: hopes? Well, I tend to always have very low hopes when it comes to uh, movies set in the early Middle Ages or the Viking Age, to be frankly honest with you. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it's an interesting uh, take, uh, what they're doing. Um, and hopefully it will be a good direction uh, overall for a long time. Yeah, um, time to come. Yeah, because I
0: mean... we've been kind of on a on a horrible shit streak uh, for for a long long time where every kind of viking pop culture media out there almost I'm not going to say everything but a lot of it has been really awful. And that has had the biggest cultural impact. and has mm. a, had a really big and I like like not not for the better, but it has a big impact on like just our field and how the wider public interacts with uh, kind of Kind of the ancient north, to put it that way. Uh, So I'm wondering if this can actually, like, Mm -hmm. if this becomes like a blockbuster, if this could push things in a different direction that is a little bit more critical, uh, a little bit uh, more uh, aesthetically and source critically savvy. And it seems to me, like, I've, they haven't really revealed, like, who the, uh, who, uh, which academics they've used in their kind of research for the movie, but. There are a few uh, names that have kind of come out already and said that they are part of this project. So I think that that's very interesting. Of course, very obviously they have had scholars and uh, they use uh, Mm -hmm. Neil Price as like one of the figures who's apparently like inspired some of the content in this film, which I think you can already kind of tell. I thought that 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 was quite interesting. For sure. But that is also a trend that we've seen in some of these Films in in recent times, and of course, Curtis, Kurt I don't know. Do you like his other his other material, like The Witch and The Lighthouse? The Lighthouse, yeah. The Witch.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I th- I think definitely they're they're also good movies in their own, um, yeah, or the genre. Um, but uh, of course, this is kind of like taken in a new direction um, because I see a lot of different influences um of course you can kind of tell most recently you have maybe the the king arthur movie i think 2017 or something where you also have like trying to show a period um material culture that is maybe maybe not uh period correct for the early middle ages of course you know king <laughs> arthur obviously is not from the early middle ages but the the saga or the the legend of king arthur is often uh, credited to be in that time period mm-hmm um, so, so yeah, so I think that is one of the, the interesting things that I see.
0: So one of the, whenever I hear about like a new, uh, game or something like that, it, it, and it's maybe a little bit stupid because part of the stuff that I work with brute is of course, you know, I kind of, how this material kind of resonates with modern people. Right. Uh, but a lot of mm-hmm. the, the, the stuff that comes out about this, that is kind of targeted towards wider audiences doesn't, doesn't resonate with me. And so it's difficult uh, mm-hmm. for me personally to uh, to like it. And Very often I hate it, you know, and I don't want anything to do with it. So I, every time a Viking movie is announced, I always expect the worst. But th- there are exceptions. I mean, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, as a kind of tang- tangential example, you mentioned the King Arthur movie, which I haven't seen. People are saying that it's great, but uh, maybe it is. Um but it's, it's rare to find a Viking movie that is actually good. I can, the only one I can remember from like more relatively wow. recent time is, is, uh, maybe Valhalla Rising for reasons that are kind of accidental, I think.
1: Yeah. I was about to say the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 because yeah, Valhalla Rising has like, it's, uh, chronologically confused. It's probably made on a very low budget. You know, so the costume department uh, Mm -hmm. did an awful job. The props are crappy. It can't decide whether it wants to be Viking age or medieval. Uh, And you have this Odinic uh, Mm -hmm, character mm -hmm, in there, which I found kind of, I found him quite quite cool. And I found it an interesting exploration of Odin as he appears in the legendary sagas. And also it uses a lot of tropes that are common in the legendary sagas um yeah. like uh, for instance in the legendary sagas when they traveled from one world to another and like, like accidentally like the saga hero swims through mist or he jumps through a waterfall or falls into a well like in the fairy tales or something or he, he, yeah he gets stuck out at sea and he comes to another place where there's yeah another world in this case the new world and comes to america right so and for the most part of the movie they don't encounter anybody until they encounter these you know native americans at the end and Mm-hmm. That's sort of, I thought that that was a mm-hmm. great kind of exploration. That was kind of experimental on, kind of an art house cinema kind of way uh, on like uh, Norse saga yeah, themes. Yeah. But I don't even know if it was on purpose. It felt like it. Maybe I'm being pessimistic or something. But I, I I suspect almost that it was accidental. That it wasn't intended. You know, he had a cool idea and ran with it or something. So some subliminal stuff for. Yeah, Yeah,
1: no, I think it's an interesting idea. What also kind of striking is that for many of these movies set in the Viking Age, they tend to be leaning towards the late Viking Age. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're talking 10th, 11th century, which also I find very interesting. Um, I suppose this also has something to do with, um, I guess, to an extent that you have more uh, source material to an extent. Um, then compared, speaking to the early uh, Viking age or even before. I mean, i uh, have yet to see a movie set in the North or the uh, yeah. the um, the Vendel period, which would be uh, amazing, actually. To be yeah, well, that's but... kind of interesting
0: uh, when you see this. It's very difficult to avoid this, of course, but you see that this movie also uses a lot of Vendal period tropes. And when you and I were, yeah, 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 or yeah. like which
1: incidentally. Say? you see in the living history environment
0: i was about to say because when we, we when we did living history <laughs> we were such sufferable like nerds and hipsters that we were like we don't want to do viking age everybody else is doing like viking... so we just kept sliding backwards in <laughs> time you know so we were doing vandal period reenactment we started experimenting with migration period and, and roman era you know northern iron age mm-hmm. reenactment and we no- started noticing then that like Actually, it often feels like everybody else wishes they did the same because you see Viking reenactors using Vendel period stuff all the time. Yeah. Or they lament that they can't uh, wear it because it's not period appropriate or something. And it just like shows like that the Vendel period had like the best aesthetic. And I guess it's kind of a more of a mysterious time. So, of course, if you already know the Viking age, it feels like the next step you want to graduate to or something. But this mm-hmm. movie does the same it it uses mm-hmm. i saw like, like especially yeah. with the weapon dancers of course which is a motif that occurs you know uh depicted in metalwork and textile work from the viking age in the Oseberg mm-hmm. tapestry and pendants you know these figures with kind of these uh horned headdresses that end up with bird heads on the terminals and uh um,
1: wanes as they're also uh, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, from the trailer, yeah. it seems like there will be a scene where they have this kind of, I don't know, warrior initiation or some kind of, like, ritual where they do this thing. Yeah, it's cool. But you can see from the headdress of mm-hmm. the guy wearing it that this is, like, he's wearing, like, a, like a t- Salin-style Type two <laughs> kind of decor, which is, like, 600s, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, very interesting to 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 see this that this is true just universally, like everybody thinks that uh, ancestors of the of the Vikings are the best drip, you know? Uh, also the Valkyrie, somebody pointed out online, I saw she has kind of uh, like a more Maman style kind of design. I don't know if it's quite, but it looks more like Maman style on her. For a split second, you see her on the trailer. She has this thing that looks like a waterfowl, like a swan or something on it. Yeah. that's cool. I think that's a cool, that that's a cool and deliberate mm. thing because there's an association between Valkyries and swans.
1: My first thought when I saw it was it kind of looked like one of those Spangen helmets, uh, migration period Spangen helmets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's
0: uh, it's got the cheek guards. It's
1: golden and it has like that kind of aesthetic. Um, yeah, exactly. So it has the package that you would expect for those Spangen helmets yeah um but um but yeah no definitely it's like a bit of a merge between that and uh and uh, later mammon or yeah style and you also see actually to be frankly honest other kinds of styles you see it on the houses uh in the trailer you see urnes style Mm -hmm. Uh, it looks like the um, the dragon heads on the on, on on the buildings um so you see, oh, serpent heads. Um, so you see yeah. these these you know mixes, is, which is kind of incidentally gives me this almost like Conan feel. You know
0: what I mean? Somebody has said actually that uh, <laughs> that uh, this uh, that this looks oh, like. I like um, it. You know, people I mean, made but... that Conan uh, thing reference, uh, yeah. and it's funny because you know we've been talking about you know since forever to actually do a Conan the Barbarian episode. You and I,
2: we're mm-hmm. Norse. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but. Uh, Uh, One of my favorite podcasts, Weird Studies, uh, which has popped up on this, you know, on Brute Norse before, uh, recently did a Conan episode, and it feels like, yeah, it's like a weird uh, coincidence of shared fate there, but anyway, so, so, but somebody called it uh, that this looks to be the thinking man's Conan. Uh, but I think that the Conan the Barbarian actually is the thinking man's Conan. I think it's ridiculous. It, it, people uh, dismiss no, it I as just smock. I, I think that actually Conan the Barbarian is a very well thought out piece of cinematic oh, yeah. art. Uh, posing as if it's just pulp. But I think that it's actually a, very, mm-hmm. a great film just through and through. And the set designer for Conan, I forget his name. I tried to reach out for him actually for Brute Norse, but he died right after and his... Uh, Homepage was all derpy. He had some sort of like a uh, security issue where you, if, if you clicked his like yeah. contact form, it took mm-hmm. you to some kind of like phishing website or something. <laughs> so I didn't. I never got in contact with him. And then he died like two months after. But I wanted to ask him because he uses post-Roman barbarian art uh, to yeah, the lean to style. Pre- sometimes for pure artifacts. And... Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. 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 And uh, you know the out uh, of um, Max von Sydow's character, King whatever. Uh, Mm-hmm. Is it Oswick yeah, 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 yeah. or something? His hall is decorated with imagery taken from Gotlandic uh, picture stones. And the Wheel of Pain itself has, um, you know, the, the main axle. Uh, <laughs> sorry, has uh, uh, has these uh, beast heads that are from mm-hmm. that, um, from those kind of ship prows. So the, the ship, those the beast heads that were found in like, I don't know, the Netherlands or something from the yep. you know, migration period or something like that. And so he uses, like, a lot of actual material from the real world to create a believable, organic-breathing, you know, fantasy universe that also, like, kind of exists in its own, like, post-Roman, barbarian, post-apocalyptic world, you know, where they're looking back at this empire that used to be. Yeah.
1: I don't know. <laughs> to be frankly honest, I think it's kind of interesting because um, The Northman, um, the movie that is now to be released in April 2022, yeah, um, is... Essentially, I mean, it's, it's Amleth, as you might well know. Hamlet. Uh, it's a uh, modern. No, oh. Amlet. Oh, Hamlet.
0: Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> uh, do you know about Amlet? It's essentially a modern uh, retelling of Amlet, which essentially is what inspired some say Hamlet uh, by William Shakespeare.
2: Okay.
1: Um, so it's a direct inspiration of uh, the Prince Hamlet. Well, yeah, oh, it's a, oh, yeah, it's a medieval Scandinavian legend, if you will. And it's also uh, mentioned by Saxo Grammaticus.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> the, uh, the but, author. Uh, Yeah, I've, I've only read pieces of, of, of Saxo, which I'm a bit a bit ashamed to admit. But
1: uh... Ah, right. As far as I know, I think it's mostly a medieval... Um, uh, Okay. They, they made their own versions of what happened in the past as much as we are doing now uh, with this modern um, adaptation of, of Amleth. Uh, and also you have another movie which you might not know about which I think is very interesting and for those of you who are listening I would suggest you look it up because uh, Robert Eggers, although yeah, the Northman is a modern adaptation of you know, Amleth, there's another movie, Prince of Jutland. Do you know about it? Yes, yeah, 1994. Uh, you never guess who who's who's starring in the, in the movie. It's Gabriel Byrne, <laughs> okay. Helen Mirren, and Christian Bale.
0: Christian Bale Jesus as Hamlet.
1: Yes, Prince of Jutland. Look it up. I, it's, it's
0: an old just, movie by, by modern standards, but... It's I'm looking it at, up at, now. That's, that, is, uh, that is crazy. I'd never heard about this film, I have to admit. It's, uh, well, I, I saw it when I
1: was uh, as a kid or something, uh, in a time when you also had these movies of dragons, I don't know, I mean, so many different kinds of movies. And I remember seeing Prince of Jocelyn. So when, uh, when I first heard of um, this, this, this movie uh the northman back in 2020 i think it was early 2020 um or, or thereabouts um, i made me think because you could read the description um i, th- I thought maybe this is going to be a, a more uh up to date um uh version of amblat um, made to fit more modern tastes I don't know
0: but it's absolutely true what you're oh, saying, yeah. though. In the High Middle Ages, they did rehash ancient stories and wrote... Oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, chivalric kind of... Uh, <laughs> people talk about many of these uh, narratives are kind of cheapened by the fa- by the fact that they insert kind of modern values or something into the plot or something like that, and that can feel mm-hmm. forced and stressed and things like that. Uh, I don't know if it would have been detectable to people, like, in the 13th century, but they did that with... Uh, chivalric tales too because the whole point of these is that they're they're supposed to uh, depict ideal chivalric conduct uh, Mm -hmm. of its time Mm -hmm. there was actually a culture crash at some point in the 13th century when you go from having stories about bold warriors of the kind of like ancient Germanic kind who are always very stout, they never show strong emotions either or they're always kind of lukewarm you know Yeah. and if they are like furious they're case changes hue you know or something like that Mm, mm, or like mm, they mm, mm. their fist shakes a little bit but they never show like they never let it get the best of them in the 13th century you have these knights who are like you know this kind of chivalric arthurian stuff where they're you know they're doing all this shit uh to for like these virgins and uh, and, and and maids uh, saving them you know in their high towers and they cry and suffer a lot and uh, there's a lot of uh, of weeping going on mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of love potions and and tragic you know unrequited love and stuff like that which to the old norse audience before that would have been completely comedic you know the notion of of a hero that is not kind of a like A soft Conan. hero. Yeah, the notion of a soft hero just didn't exist. Like, except maybe for like anti-hero. Certain people, like you have exceptions like Egil Skelligrimson, who is clearly a very complicated character. But he's also uh, always struggling to be kind of this hard man. And he is a hard man. But it's like, in that case, some of these sagas uh, allow the reader to so that there's also more to him than that, you know. But mm-hmm. the ideal mm-hmm. was always to be the Conan, the barbarian sort of hero, you know. And people realize that this is like something that is not, you know, re- not a realistic image. It's something that is kind of beyond human in a way. But uh, in the 13th century, it was literally like the king. This was an issue because the Scandinavians were not like people on the continent culturally. It was not considered part of Europe in a way, you know, even though like people started dressing yeah. the same, you know, started, uh, you know, the culture was being more and more affected by kind of European Christendom. Um, just the value system and the aesthetics was not the same. So they had to actually reach in and expose people to this sort of literature. And and in that process, they wrote sagas about ancient matters that are more chivalric. Theodoric is of his Thidrex saga of Bern. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you have retellings of the Trojan War as a Norse saga, you know, about uh, ancient pagans. And it's like almost written as if this is something that happened in... Scandinavia, right? So, so,
1: no, but that's why it's fascinating to see the 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 saga, if you will, of Amleth. Uh, and actually, uh, a friend of ours, uh, al- although he passed away a very long time ago, Tulum oh, yeah. <laughs> <yeah>. Uh <laughs> he uh, he he, I think. Um, I can't exactly remember where the source material is i think it's um maybe in one of the uh like uh, letters he wrote or whatever um he notes that uh, the story of Amleth is actually very popular uh, in uh in iceland uh, and apparently was told by by women um Interesting. Hmm. Uh, so they were the ones who were retelling the story of uh, Amleth, Um the saga of Amleth. Yeah,
0: in- in- interesting, interesting.
1: Uh, so, uh, so, and of course, you know, Tormund Ofeus was a, a very
0: interesting fellow. <laughs> yes. Uh, un- yes. I'm them As, uh, as listeners also uh, will know uh, from fresh, uh, fresh memory. Yeah, no, but I think... Um, yeah, to put it in a, uh, like to go in a different direction now. Of course, there's. Um, I mean, uh, uh, I think it's also great to see uh, academics uh, trying their like that uh, that academics are actually being consulted, and that their their input has creative uh, consequence for for how a movie is made, right? We've both kind of consulted on projects before and you can tell somebody and give people direction and sources and all of the tools but that's no guarantee that they will actually listen to anything you have to say. Uh, Very often like creative direction just takes precedence over any other concern. What gives me faith here is that Eggers has clearly trusted in the expertise of his uh, sources but that is also like as a trend that we have been seeing more in recent years of course like Egger's uh, did a fine job with the witch. The lighthouse also mm. feels like a like a thorough period drama. It feels like you're there in that time. I mean, Astro also seems like to, to be a to be a director who uh, takes his source material very seriously. And of course, I mean, like people have strong opinions about his movies. Uh, but I thought it was cool. For instance, first of all, in uh, Hereditary, spoiler alert, you know that uh, the 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 coven like the the occultists. Uh, Who are have this massive power, you know to to kind of bend Mm -hmm. reality and and, and harm people and curse people and Make all sorts of creepy shit happen that they are not these omnipotent big kind of shadowy wizard and witch types you know who are immortal. They're They're your new age ants cat ladies and wine moms. I thought that that was actually a really cool uh, cool feature of that movie uh, but you also see in in uh, Midsommar, for instance, which is this kind mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is a folk horror movie set in Scandinavia where everything is opposite kind of in the aesthetic. It has this cult, you know, living in this compound uh, that claims to be kind of like, to be pagans, right? And they say that this is like what we do and this is this mythological rationalization for it and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they always explain themselves throughout the movie. I think what puts some people off here is that the... It seems a little bit fake, you know. It seems a little overdone or whatever. I'm not the fir- at all the first one to point this out, but I think that many people realize that this is a new religious movement. You know, it's a it's a yeah. it's a modern neo pagan cult that claims, uh, as as many uh, such groups claim, they claim you know kind of a connection or um, uh, you know continuity to pre Christian times or whatever, but. Uh, You just see it in the way that the characters reason about things, that they seek justification for it. Like, actual, like, actual kind of pagan kind of groups don't, like, seek to justify. They just do the stuff that they always done, right? This is just stuff we do, you know? It's very rare that you have people who live in actual, like, indigenous uh, religion, like, that they automatically, like, have a good explanation for the stuff that they do, you know? That's something for the lore. (laughs) keepers of their culture or the people who are ritual specialists or priests they know that sort of stuff but regular people they're just yeah no this is just yeah of course of course we do this this is how we've always done it then we do it you know maybe because of this or that you know Mm -hmm. but um in in that movie they also used extensively uh academics in their research phase it's a good trend around here for sure for sure
1: no, that's, that's why I think this, this particular movie is also, um, as I was saying in the beginning, um, maybe paving a way forwards um, where you will involve the academic community a bit more, but also where academics are more open to consult. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's also been part of the problem. It's this distance between the public and academia. Uh, which is understandable in some contexts, but at the same time, um, I believe that it's in everyone's interest to be more uh, inclusive. Um, and for especially academia, you know, I understand the elitist attitudes certain academics might have and academia in general might have. A, and um, but at the same time, I think if the academia wants to survive in this day and age, they need to also be one bit more around you know, around the edges, as we say. Um, so I'm not sure if you agree to this or not. But...
0: Well, I, t- I totally agree, of course, because uh, you and I both <laughs> tried to make it as freelance, just pure academics, just doing. We've cooperated on projects that never came to be computer games uh, where we we offered Indeed. our services to uh, to create a nice and clever, like source critical, assist compelling uh, game mechanics based on on you know the social dynamics of the Icelandic sagas and just very like stuff we couldn't believe that they didn't want to have in their game. And we were, i I pers- I was you know quite cheesed off that uh, they didn't want uh, that. But I don't know. It was also about you know maturity and expectations and us being kind of blue eyed. right? When we tried to do it, that kind of was also kind of unheard of, right? You know, we didn't really hear about. We thought that it, there was a market for it, you know, that this could happen, but there was nobody actually um, doing that. Really, I don't know. I,
1: I think there's definitely scholars that have involved themselves in productions. Um, and, and not just movies, of course, like, you know, blockbusters and all that stuff, but also, like, infotainment, I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. where you have, uh, you know, scholars who are consulting and they're part of the, uh, the storytelling, if you will. Um, so.
0: Yeah, I was more thinking I think... like, uh, I mean, like scholars, of course, oh. have always, you know, there have always been some scholars who are willing to do this sort of work, you know. And we saw mm-hmm. this maybe as, tried to see this as an alternative to traditional academic work, but, uh, or mm-hmm. a supplement mm-hmm. to it at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's true. Some scholars have, not, have f- thought that this was below them. And they just want to dust away. And there are many scholars who are still like that. They just like, as long as they have their position at the university, you know, the rest of the world can go to hell, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh... I think it is important,
1: especially for um, like period dramas, mm-hmm. um, to, to use as much expertise as possible to be able to, you know, make it feel authentic. And I think this goes for many shows uh, and, and movies that are set in the past. Um, like anything from Downton Abbey, I suppose, World War One movies, uh, World War II movies, but also like you have shows set in the 18th century like Outlander and you have movies and shows that set in the Middle Ages and they're going all the way back to, to antiquity, you know, because um, it's, like, it's kind of like with the, uh, the movie, uh, although it wasn't really that well received, but like Alexander, um, no, I think it was 2004, 2005 or something, um, but um, where they actually used uh, a lot of resources, a lot of you know, a big budgets into making it look more authentic um, with, uh, with uh, the material culture that is portrayed on the screen. And and for this movie as well, you can tell like uh, they have, uh, for instance, the helmets You see, worn by uh, one of the actors. I suppose it's the anti-hero uh, in the in the story, um, the villain, uh, which is the Yamabu helmet. Yeah, it's just straight up um, the Yamabu so, helmet. Yeah, uh, but of course, a little bit more pimped up. Um, so, right. Um, but as I was saying um, that I, I do believe that uh, like with this movie as well they use you know material culture maybe just by <laughs> simply googling I don't know or, or using social media uh, which I do indeed believe someone has been doing um,
0: yeah I think uh, well it's clear that uh, that uh, you see that uh, you have some really big and famous and you know just infamous uh, living history groups out there, like Wolf Hedonas of course, being the biggest name out yeah. there, and like Vendel period reenactment, Anglo-Saxon and, uh, you know, uh, you know, s- uh, 6th to 7th, 8th century Scandinavia. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can just see that uh, people are putting uh, the gear that they are having reproduced in into computer games yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you can play like a mountain blade or something you can see literally like the commission that like some dude bought for his reenactment kit just put in there you can see it's clearly based on a specific craftsman's reinterpretation of that item so we're seeing a lot of that sort of stuff happening um but also yeah but also know.
1: but also lo- low quality duplicates sold on the open
3: marketplace <laughs> on etsy (laughs) or whatever you know if you search viking
1: helmet you get all of these uh, images of these very nicely made helmets but sold as being original Uh, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. originally made of that quality you see in the image of course you're not going to get that product yeah uh, yeah, but you see so 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 it's like it's 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 easy to see that kind of equipment from these groups because other people are using those images
0: well yes it's the same Uh, logic as as as, pedal their it so, yeah. it, it's funny how this kind of like mirrors the original uh, probable like memetic yeah, function of these uh, artifacts uh, in their historical context too, right? You were supposed to see these on the battlefield and be impressed, especially in the like in pre-viking age when it's like kind of these Germanic peoples uh, and their warrior elites uh, fighting each other and you're fighting, you know, as I say a million times, you're fighting people who you know who the ancestors of your uh, enemy was. You probably Mm -hmm. know who their dad was, that kind of stuff. Like, at least like the generals kind of on, like the warlords on the battlefield. You're both existing inside of the same social universe. So you want them to be kind of like, how the fuck did he get that? But it's interesting that like this just kind of travels like this prestige of these and the the opulence of these objects translates to the uh, extent that you have Indian craftsmen, you know, just working Mm -hmm. in like in a ghetto in Calcutta or something, making shitty copies of better replicas they pass it off as their own product, you know, and when uh, you buy it, you uh-huh. get something completely different. But, but yeah, so I think that that is it. That is interesting how this kind of, kind of works. And you, you see this even, you know, in the, in the material culture, not every artifact, not every helmet looks great. You know, I don't know if the listeners are aware, but what was that helmet that they found in, uh, in the UK?
2: Oh, on
1: top of my head, I can't recall. But, yeah, so um... they, they found
0: this fucking helmet. Like, I think it was... Oh, back Viking. in the 50s. Back in the 50s. Yeah, in the 50s, oh. just maybe a few years after the Bu helmet was found. And Jarmunbu helmet is the quintessential authentic, you um. know, quote-unquote, Viking helmet. That is on display in the Cultural Historical Museum in Oslo. Yarm. The Yarm, Yarm helmet. helmet was found by... Which people. is
1: also... A... A very nice... Uh, it looks like a Monty Python helmet.
0: Yeah, it looks like a Monty Python helmet. It was found by people uh, laying pipe, like a sewage pipe. So it looks like a fake. It looks like the sort of shit you find on eBay. And nobody thought it was real until they did, like, metallurgical analysis in recent years. Very recently, they confirmed that it's probably a probably a real helmet. Probably, like, yeah, well, it's, it's a helmet, but it's probably from the Viking Age. Um, and now you see people actually re- making reconstructions for their kit, and it's funny because if somebody way. had made this, um, if somebody had made this helmet uh, ten years ago, it would look like yeah. one of those shitty reenactment helmets that look like they're just like just not quite the does just, just doesn't quite hit the mark, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, well, the world is full of surprises. And actually, when you look at like belt buckles and I don't know, like you stuff that is in the archaeological record that doesn't make the front page doesn't make like the, they don't pick the image of that thing for the catalog or whatever, you know. There are things that look crappy also in the past that people apparently wore, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: obviously, so, yeah, you find it in all cultures. Yeah, 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 almost certainly. No, but that's the thing. And, and I guess, you know, you could say that the wearer of that particular helmet might have had a, a prototype. You know, he was like, I want a helmet, it looks like that. But yeah. obviously, you know, you, can, you can't always get what you want, so you have to settle with the second best thing.
0: Yeah, and people would have recognized, so... like, seeing some of the opulent shit that some people were wearing, of course, people would see the difference oh. quite right away, you know. But, you know, but if you need something that will protect your head from being split in two, uh, like, on the battlefield, you know, beggars are not going to be a sexy helmet, but it's it's a fucking helmet, at least, you know. Yeah, so I don't know uh, if there's anything more we want to talk about about this uh, specific, uh, about this specific film. You know, if I was just cool to just just ha- Shanghai excellent, to like just, you know, strike while the iron is hot. If any of the participants want to ask any questions or like make any comments or, you know, it could be about this or anything else. Um, just uh, at this point, I think you can feel free to unmute yourself and just, you know speak up
4: I have a question can you hear me
0: yeah yes
4: yeah um good to see you um
0: likewise
4: (laughs) I like as a Norwegian at least uh I would really love to see a movie that is not about the viking age or the second world war like historical movies that are Mm -hmm. not set in viking age or second world war like, for example, uh, the battle at Kringen, uh, Skottetåge, or mm-hmm. any peasant uprising, or or more like... opera was kind of a nice little thing, but uh, I was wondering what kind of movies outside the beaten path uh, would you guys like to see?
1: Well, for me, it's pretty obvious really um, but maybe uh, Eric, if you want to start um, As I, I know, know you, you all have, already have a few ideas uh, that we talked I, about in I'm, the
0: past, so. yeah i'm I'm I don't know, I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to hear what Axel has to say because he says that it's obvious, <laughs> but I'm not sure it is, but um yeah, obviously, I want to see more stuff that is set in, like, the deep, you know, very, like, deep past. I'd love to see, like, a Bronze Age movie or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I was but... about
1: to say the same. But,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, or, 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 like, I don't know, like, uh, like Roman Iron Age or some shit like that. But it's, it's also very difficult to kind of, when you're imagining this as a Norwegian movie, because there's a, a Norwegian movie, TM, like, has a certain vibe and ring to it. It would almost be better like uh, to see something that was at least not produced by norwegians because you know what that's going to look like anyway
2: mm-hmm.
0: i i, I have often thought like it would be cool to see something from the middle ages because the like something that is actually good and like serious from like i don't know 13th century or even like the norwegian civil war you know end of the 1100s but at the same time I don't really want to see this because I know what that will look like. It's just going to be like, and we actually do it. Yeah. well. We have a Norwegian Civil War movie. We have uh, the one with the fucking. Uh...
4: There, is, there is a Birkebein on a. Yeah, yeah,
0: movie. yeah. So, yeah it. Well, that is one, you know. And of course, I didn't, I didn't see it because I, ex- I've, I know already what that looks like just from <laughs> seeing <laughs> clips of it, you know. Uh, but it's yeah, it would be cool to just like have a movie that doesn't just paint everything in like this kind of, you know, uh, like this For kind sure. of like Norwegian patriotic thing, you know, some of that is a little bit more. Yeah, political. because
4: it, 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 it will always be like really self-serving. Yeah, I uh,
0: know, yeah, I want in something the reason, that is it. Yeah, yeah. in the, something that is not self-serving. I want to see a, a social, social, realistic Viking movie where there are no good guys. That's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I want to see everybody's a fucking asshole. But everybody's acting <laughs> according to, like, you know... It's
1: self-interest, and uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, but they're kind of forced I by mean, circumstance. I mean, so, like, it's exactly, like the, exactly. sagas, you know, where it's like, nobody... <laughs> like, okay, uh, is, it, is it good that he killed that guy? But no, but... What, he didn't have any choice because uh, not, like, acting, like, retaliating violently in that situation would have, like, fucked up his life. And not just his life, you know, just his entire family expected it. So pushed into places they didn't want to be, you know. And that is the situations that people found themselves in all the time in these societies, you know, where you're acting mm-hmm. on behalf of somebody else and uh, on some... some point of pride and you know it's just uh not even like another uh, do, do it like judgmentally or anything do, do this sympathetically just understand where these people are coming from that's what i want to see in a movie you know yeah. and it doesn't have to be flashy. I, I, I would, simple. you know
4: i, I would love a, a baltic movie about uh, like colonization or something like <laughs> with the scandinavians being the bad guys produced in the baltics there is uh, a movie that like you-
0: that I do believe we have movies that are yeah 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 there is uh, there's a um a, a a Polish uh, how do I even say it it's like a, it's like a viking low fantasy movie um yeah called St- Starabashen or something like that which is like uh it's uh it means like ancient tale or something and it has horrible CGI but mm-hmm. it's like it's you know it's like this kind of <laughs> these noble savage uh, Slavs uh, living in accordance you know with uh, ancient lore and they have these wise women they go to and they they live in this kind of like asterisk and obelisk world in Poland you know. But there are evil. And
4: there's sacred and then their sacred grove gets invaded I like.
0: No, yeah, it's like but it's like it's like you know this kind of narrative, like these noble these noble Slavs and like when the. When the patriarch dies, like the housewife, like gladly just like walks on the pyre and like embraces him as the flames engulf her, kind of thing. Uh, and um, and then of course you have uh, uh, these uh, Swedish Vikings in kind of like they're wearing kind of this corpse paint stuff and they have these helmets that have this weird, <laughs> like like these like uh, like this Celtic helmet. protruding kind of, with the, with the, with, the, with the kind of like the tits yeah. on the on the helmet and 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 they speak growling they're like rrr, rrr. sound like orcs yeah they they play the role of orcs cuz they're the henchmen they're really like the evil army of like the villains of the movie or something well i think it's a it's an easy narrative to make you know you have invaders and then
1: you have the defenseless uh, locals um but it is more so in this particular movie that the vikings are there more for as a mercenary group so they're the
0: yeah they're there is a wild card uh, that kind of like they oh, they shit again? here comes the vikings you, yeah, Jomsvikings. Yeah, that's yeah. what they Yeah, are. yeah, but it's also yeah. a bit like the Jomsvikings
1: you yeah. see. So 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 that's essentially what they are. So um, so that's why they're so martial because they're essentially just self swords. Yeah, um, of course,
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's true. No, but it would be cool to see that, see something like that. You could have uh, yeah, it would be cool to speak on that vein. We could have uh, we could have a viking movie about uh, Vikings settling the British Isles and uh, uh... <laughs> Committing cultural genocide against the
2: Picts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're eradicating p- the Picts. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, yeah, we, Vikings who, who settle, who bravely go and have this pioneering spirit. Like, you could have a Norwegian film where it's like, first half is them like kind of like, I, w- I want to get out of the village, I'm not satisfied here, you know, and they have this kind of deep yearning for something greater, you know, and bigger, as the patriotic Norwegian movies are, like, but then it they has can go-
4: to be something other than this.: Yeah, and
0: then it's like this inspiring tale, like, oh, imagine yeah. Norwegians can do this, and then they go to like the Orkneys, and they just like uh, after they come there, the locals stop speaking their native language, and they start dressing like the Vikings and they, and, and none, of the, none of the men gets to get to reproduce. and then Pictish culture doesn't exist anymore. yeah,
4: that's a uh... uh, So you can have the accent. The burning of Arcona could also be quite
0: cool. Yeah, it would be, uh,
4: especially if, if especially if it's like made uh, not by Scandinavians, I
0: think. Yeah, the burning of Arkona, because that was like the last uh, like Slavic pagan stronghold on Rugen. You could have like Absalon, as this kind of uh, Bishop Absalon, you know, in Denmark, being kind of this um, this George Bush figure, and he could be like. Uh, the Slavic pagans have weapons of mass destruction. We we have to, we oh, have yeah, to you, tear down their temple. You, know?
4: you could totally put like an anti-imperialist uh, uh, angle to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you could probably you could probably do that, or you could have a you can make a you can make a movie uh, about you can make the, you can remake the Pathfinder, uh, but instead of. Um, of sami people getting like chased down by uh, by an uh, by a different uh, tribe or something it can be about uh scandinavians uh uh claiming taxes <laughs> from them or something like that now that doesn't sound like a good movie actually it just sounds like a Pathfinder <laughs> uh, i
4: think i think it's really funny that uh uh, Shuder, you know, the people uh, uh, chasing the <laughs> Pathfinder. Um, there is a, a kind of a third grade uh, Norwegian black metal band called Sjöder because, like, that was the evil, evil people in <laughs> It was the most evil people.
0: <laughs> I guess Sami, like, legend, they resent this tribe that used to fuck with them or something. Way... And it's very far back. It's like, like... In... <laughs> it's like the chuds didn't even live anywhere near like the what we consider the sami core territories today it's like it's like in northern western uh, russia or something like that and uh, and they're like yeah the, Ch- the chuds are just downright bastards you know always f- screwing with us and giving us a hard time but yeah it's like uh, naming I, a band I, like that I I find is it's like it's
4: funny that that, that inspired a uh, black metal band
0: like, yeah which is it even, it's kind of it like even name it's just like finding any, like, ethnic group uh, that, uh, that, uh, that Culture X doesn't like or something. It's like...
4: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I could totally make a seven-inch called uh, Scythian Supremacy or something.
0: Sounds like a Ukrainian uh, <laughs> black metal album. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you, you could have, like, if you're Irish, you could call your band Brit. Anybody else? Anybody else have any movies that they would have loved uh, to see made? Or any other questions, that are not related to, wow.
3: to that. Um, I have another question. If that's if that's cool. Sorry, I don't have a camera. On my uh, my station doesn't have a camera. Uh, I just I, I read in a comment that the the dad of the protagonist, so the king House post, he's wearing a Terslev brooch, mm-hmm. uh, or a Terslev pendant. Does that bear any significance at all, or is that just you know random Viking jewelry that they put on him?
0: Do you have any uh, ideas about that? Is it tourist It Just sounds like, a, like, a, like an archaeological find or something like that. Uh,
3: uh, yeah. Okay. So it doesn't really be an, well, I, <laughs> bear I, any significance uh, in that sense.
0: No, it just sounds like, uh, like I don't know, like maybe it's a reproduction of something.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, could be. Uh, but I noticed that uh, that uh, the protagonist, I guess, like you can recognize who is who in the trailer by. Seeing uh, like he's wearing like this Arab, yeah. Yeah, but it, but it's like, but it's but it's like Gigantic. five <laughs> times larger than they actually are. Like it's it looks like a huge <laughs> like bracket or something like that. Like, scale it up, for sure. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that they have that included at least. Like that at least gave that a thought. I don't like I don't like it when they do like, oh yeah, we've uh, we have this thing that they actually did. What is, it doesn't satisfy us, let's like, like blow it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> stupid, you know? <laughs> it's
3: kind of funny. I read that in a, just a this is just random information, I'm sure you already know though, but I read that River Kings by Kat Jarman, mm-hmm. uh, where she explains how like Vikings would sort of use counter, uh, sort of counterfeit sort of uh, Islamic jewelry and stuff, just to show off, just to pretend that they were more exotic than they really were, in a sense.
0: Oh yes, yeah, so that's a, that's the eternal barbarian thing, isn't it, to to copy. Yeah. And that's and that's what like uh, the early I don't know if you're familiar with the bracteates that uh, were made in like say the 400s in in northern uh, Europe in like Anglo-Saxon territories, continental Germania and Scandinavia. They originated as uh, copies of uh, Roman coins that they turned into like pendants and imperial portraits yeah. and cool. things like that. So, so, yeah, it's kind of like in the terms of, they imitate and, uh, but, it's but yeah, it's pretty funny that they just take coins and, like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it seems very banal. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, I, I don't know.
1: I mean, it kind of makes sense when you think about it because you have a portrait and the image of uh, the emperor as is in these Roman coins uh, is a very strong and potent symbol. Yeah. Incidentally, but... that's why you put yourself in that. Emperor shoes like in uh in, in sweden you have tibla which is a, a grave dating to around 375 360 375 ad where you have <laughs> the chieftain or whatever status he had uh depicted himself as an emperor on a coin imitating a roman coin yeah, I so... mean that's
0: that's very like that's very telling kind that's... of of ideology. But I think with with yeah, yeah. with the uh, Viking Age Arab coins. Oh yeah, 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 it, yeah. It's, it's more yeah. abstract, you know, because there's no. Oh yeah, yeah, Pictures. Yeah, it's it's softer, just right? they're 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 just. They're doing like, uh, imitate like when they are imitating Latin writing on some of the brackets, mm. the early mm. ones, you know. Uh, but they're faking like, Arab writing, but you know it's, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make. You know? No, of course. You know? but uh but yeah it's, but, it's... Art. But, but i think uh, of course you know um this these were cultures that uh, that had like uh you know where opulence and prestige were valued and where like you wanted to be able like to have political power meant that you had to kind of be able to um this had to kind of drip onto your immediate uh, circle right so you're always looking for luxuries that people cannot acquire, uh, especially when you have the means to get them and, like, in the Viking Age where you could sail around suddenly. Um, And so you're always looking for something that is the next next big thing, you know, (laughs) that uh, other people cannot get. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? So bearing with us here, um, at this point I was ending the... uh, a live stream, and opening things up for social discussion. What seems to always happen when people are out of the interview mode is that they start speaking their minds more earnestly, and, uh, you know, they get more unhinged. And I immediately realized that this is actually the, maybe the best part of the episode. So I started recording again, and uh, this is the result of it. For the record, at this point, we're revisiting Winding Rev's Valhalla Rising. (laughs)
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Valhalla Uprising uh, is kind of in a vacuum it's a theatrical idea
2: yeah. it
4: doesn't care about when or what mm. it's, it's this presentation uh, of the idea of Vikings and Odin and everything but, but, but it's, it's in a vacuum so you don't it's, it's more theater than historical movie and that's what makes it surprisingly not shitty i think
2: mm-hmm.
4: maybe... yes
1: absolutely it doesn't try to be anything else either Yeah.
0: yeah so maybe i my critique of it earlier was like yeah it's like chronologically confused maybe that's completely out the window it's completely mute because as its own universe with nothing makes sense maybe that's actually where it actually well that is, I, that would is makes
4: it good. I would agree i would agree with you not is uh, aspiring to being realistic
1: but it, it is though it is aspiring to be realistic that is my beef with this particular movie and any other movies that are set in the past because immediately when you say what a uh, circus circa when this movie is set um, you immediately start having issues you know yeah. um, because yeah, because, because, that, because yeah. that's what we're, we're we're experiencing here it's late 10th century okay late 10th century i mean you're already fixing it it's enough to go by but if it's like it's the viking age late iron age then at least it's much more i mean you're open to believing whatever they throw on the screen so and i think that's also why we have backlash from the the community of people who are i suppose you could say a bit more um you know, rigid when it comes to these 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 details, um, and 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 I think definitely uh, having a Viking feeling movie or a um, you know movie set in the Viking age, uh, without specifying decade, year, century, whatever, would be a better choice for many of these movies.
4: Uh, yeah, exactly. Like the vibe, uh, the idea, more theatrics, uh, less idea of as it was before because that's why I like Valhalla uprising, because it's kind of artsy. It's kind Mm. of like it's theater. Like theater is, is, uh, the premise of theater is that like, it's not reality. You're Mm -hmm. watching a play.
1: That's uh, why science fiction works. Yes. Incidentally, yeah. Um, But also, uh, you know, as as Eric well knows, you have the formal sagas uh but but they don't care about authenticity you know it's supposed to be exciting and fun you know it's it's their version of uh of fantasy literature but it's set in a remote past you know like in the migration period but but it's it's exciting you see these historical characters popping up fine it's completely anachronistic, anachronistic but still you know
0: <laughs> yeah it's a conan so. barbarian for yeah, you know it's uh, like yeah it's uh, it's like uh, in the conan yes but <laughs> yeah well it's the conan stories the conan stories are dry sort exactly. material so
4: but, but and, and, yeah. and it's it's a vibe from an idea that's why it works better than a lot of other contemporary stuff that like try to convey that they are some high kind of based on true stories, on the sagas or something. Like mm-hmm. In many ways, Conan the Barbarian is better than, than Vikings. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. it's, oh, it's my- a vibe. <laughs> it's an idea. Fantasy is better than the, the, the uh, idea to try to portray something and saying it is kind of real.
0: The, the difference is, of course, that Conan and, and like anything else that is actually good, Conan takes its material and its sources seriously, even mm-hmm. if they are like silly and pulpy, it doesn't matter. Like they take it seriously and they go with it with a straight face all the way to completion. Uh, the Vikings uh, TV series doesn't care about anything other than like uh, ratings. It doesn't like the the... Material is the last concern. They don't care about any of that. And so, like for instance, the, in, in the new spin off series of the Vikings, they have a character based on like, the character of Håkon Jarl. Håkon Jarl is like uh, in, in, in Icelandic sagas, uh, the equivalent of what Attila, you know, Atle, is in uh, Germanic um, heroic lays, you know, as this kind of ultra pagan kind of villain, right? Um but uh like in this new spin off series everybody's outraged because this they just call this character Jarl Hawkon. Jarl is almost there's the name in this. Jarl Hawkon.
2: <laughs>
0: <Yeah,
4: we're...
2: laughs> Jarl But Yarl Jarl Hawkon
0: Jarl Horkun is like people are like oh they they have the audacity to cast this character as woman. You know, Jarl hawk oh. is a male name. You know, is this a woman, and it's like, oh, it's a woman, like, and it's a it's a black woman or something like that. Who even cares? It's a clown show for clown people. That's what it is. <laughs> Nobody fucking cares. Nobody should care. If if you're mad at what Vikings are doing, you know, you should, you know, it's it's they're almost doing it like for provocation. You know, they're just it's they made anachronism a sport. Don't even give that fucking show like the light of day. Don't even waste time thinking about it that or that
4: fucking like then, disney but Loki then makes but then make some good epic fantasy uh it, like uh, in the sales in literature fa- fantasy is still like great but it won't be respected uh, in mainstream culture even though it's like it's it, it's impact and and, and culture is it's is really great like fantastic literature isn't conveyed over to to, to Mason culture. Uh, and yeah. I think it's basically because, like, I was starting before, maybe for, for recording, like, fiction these days have a, like, uh, suffer under the idea of realistic uh, stuff.
0: Well, re- realistic stuff, I think the realistic narrative, well, in the sense that, like, authenticity, well, what we're we talking about actual myths, actual legendary stories, I think that, like, if you don't take those things seriously, you're not believing that these things are worth telling at all, I think. I think that if you feel like you have to make a new plot, then you're not trusting the sources, you're not trusting in the, their timeless ability to tell us tell a story. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that people are, like, as you say with uh, said earlier, with um, uh, historical dramas, you know, people want authenticity to a certain degree, you know? And it's possible to make uh, stories, I think, that are compelling, but they're Harder to make; it takes more skill, more ability mm-hmm. to make them compelling. But there's, there's nothing wrong in making fantasy. You just have to make it fantasy, but you have to always take your materials material seriously. You have to respect your sources, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. You know. In Vikings, they don't do it. Plain and simple. And I think that's the.
4: But they don't even do it in like modern things. They take they take things from uh, the Cold War or the, or the Second World War. And add stuff to it for drama purposes. Okay, but then make something up. It would be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't mix it.
0: Yeah, well, in the Viking, like for reasons, in the Vikings, it feels like they're living uh, in a suburb, right? Like when they, it's like it could be a you could turn the Vikings into a 50s sitcom. Ragnar comes home to his little <laughs> at the end of the street. He's living in a in a. In oh,
4: a, you Ludabruk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And it's not even a long house. It's like a short house. It's a square little hovel, and he <laughs> lives there with his like shield maiden wife or something. And he, and he could she could be like, he could walk in the door and be like, talking his fake Icelandic accent up on two hundred percent level. Where is my slippers and my pipe, and my stew or something? And his shield maiden wife is like, I bow for no man. Or some, some, some <laughs> like over-stressed, like,
4: yeah. uh... I promised you I would never make you to when we married.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like this kind of fake strong woman horseshit, you know? Uh, that everybody is just, like, they're jizzing their pants over. Or some shit like that. <laughs> anyway.
3: You should audition, I think.
0: Yeah. I not know what I was telling you. So, Ask so as, as the, the wife. Users, why I don't like. you offer your services? Why don't you just write them and uh, as if they are interested in uh, <laughs> in what I have? To- <laughs>
4: which, which is also always an interesting subject. You know, like, but hey, it's, it's, um, uh, it's, um, oh, sorry. Exposure. It's exposure to the culture. Don't you think this is great? It's going to make uh, it's going to make everything better. It's going to no, make your scholarship uh, ma- more relevant. It's worse. It's uh, worse. Uh, Why are you negative to this? Uh, it's going to it's good for your field.
0: Yeah. And they say uh, nobody would want to listen to actual stories of like the hopes and fears and concerns of people in the past. Nobody wants to hear it. They want to hear this other shit.
4: And then Brute Norse is a joke?s On you, I have twenty people listening to
2: me.
0: <laughs> well, I actually, I actually think that Brute Norse is quite successful for like uh, for what it is. It's a niche. I don't think that Brute Norse is a small podcast at all in this in this world. Maybe smaller than certain others, but uh... but I don't know. I mean,
1: uh, while on the topic, I think it's also a bit selective. What kind of period and culture you're talking about? You know, because I think this is endemic for old Norse literature. Uh, in general, that there's so much source material that never gets I mean, I suppose you could say save for a few Icelandic spaghetti West, uh, <laughs> splatters the Westerners, you know mm-hmm. um, but, but 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 still it's not an actual you know retelling but I mean, if you go to other cultures um, like uh, ancient Greek, ancient Roman Egyptian, I mean uh, you, you see them being a bit more serious with the source material you see yeah, what I mean? It's, it's, and biblical so story, a and biblical story a biblical like, biblical history. Oh yeah, my god! So I mean, it's, it's
4: that's like a completely
1: it's, different story. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's
4: insane. The, like, uh, what, like the especially okay, I can on talking about like the way in the region think about themselves and the ideas of the sagas and the Vikings. It's insane how little of the source material they know of or like have any idea of.
2: Yeah, it's, mm-hmm.
0: but it's sick, you know, Scandinavian you know, Viking Age stuff is like the pocket pussy of the North, you know, it's like uh, there for them to violate that will, <laughs> you know, it's, I feel like it's completely <laughs> pregame. game. I don't know, sorry for being vulgar, but.
1: Uh... Oh, yeah. No, so that's why I think uh, it's, it's a bit of a shame that they're not really uh, using the, the source material that is so readily available um and um and yeah i would i would hope that someone there's to to do um uh, adaptation of one of the uh Icelandic sagas for instance which or the greenlander sagas or i mean or even just i mean for the heck of it why not just throw in a foreign elder saga you know
2: well, what, come this, on this they're,
0: they're, they're, they're so spicy Thanks, Vin Bergeson's uh, The Black Viking. It should make Yeah, that. exactly. That exactly. It's a fantastic uh, adaption. Why didn't I say that earlier, actually?
4: At yeah. least now that we have, like, people can animate stuff, like, we can put the uh, sagas back to life.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, you can make some great animations uh, with some great exploitations. Yeah.
2: Wow
1: yeah no no but we'll see we'll see hopefully someone dares to pick up um, the torch but like in a proper way but i mean it's like not to be uh, condescending to other people's work but i still like you highlight yourself there 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 is an issue when you put something in a very specific time period uh, and location geographical location and you say this is how it was so you're 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 kind of cheating your audience yeah, um, just kind of, you are cheating your audience. Um,
2: and, just on, audience
4: is, and the audience is also torn between the people that they are maybe quite boring, trying to do the like, this is, I'm a scholar, this is how it's uh, I portray it, and uh, five or six people that want to be seen.
1: But this is also one of the problems that scholars face uh, when they do consultation because many scholars uh, and consultants in general they don't know what the end product will look like so they they get hired on for a project they consult and then you have no control over what you actually uh, what they actually use when you share your knowledge with um, with the team you know that is involved in the production so um, that's also incidentally why a lot of scholars, researchers, etc., have received, um, you know, a critique publicly uh, and, and lashbacks because they've been consulting and then they see the final product and they're like, yeah, "What is this? This is a completely unrecognizable." You know, I, I thought that this would be completely different than how it turns out to be. So. As as someone who has an academic background, I understand why a lot of people with an academic background are also reluctant, um, because I think there is this kind of lack of transparency and that you're only part of part of um, the, the final product, if you will, and incidentally in the very beginning. So, so it's not like con- uh, constantly people uh, contact you for you to consult. No, you do it for a period and then they 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 just move on really Mm. now incidentally this can can vary from project to project and movie to movie and and etc but still i think this is part of the issue that we're um like people with economic backgrounds face um and uh and fine i mean like me and eric we were contacted uh to consult for a video game and and other projects but um it's like as you know you get involved you start sharing and then um you know they they kind of move on and sometimes even without telling us that's happened with a danish team i'm not sure if you recall either like, yeah the game uh, yeah, well, decided- and yeah they were like we were yeah we were sharing so much and then suddenly they're like okay yeah well, well, <laughs> Just
0: well ultimately then like the the team- radius islands I think the team was uh, in on it, like they they thought that this oh. was a really great idea. But they but then I think the creative director was like, "Nope, uh, we don't need any experts <laughs> to tell us what to do. Uh, we're just gonna do like uh, feel it out and do kind of a Vikings uh, style sort of thing with it." Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that was it.
1: No, jokes on them though. Yeah,
0: I, I so. think yeah, the game was not very well received. I think so.
1: You yeah, know, so this is, this is what I was saying earlier, you know, this is one of the problems you face that um, you 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 share your knowledge, but you have no control over how that knowledge gets used ultimately, if, even if it gets used.
0: Um, yeah, so. That's that's part of the game. And it's all fair. But, like, they can take uh, it or leave it, you know, but if they're wise and they're talented, they will find a way to use it. Uh,
1: yeah, and at least they are acknowledged. Yeah. But, uh... gets,
4: you know. As as a person that has been interviewed a couple of times, I know about that angst, like the things you put out and the things that are portrayed. Um, It's two different things, and it's it's a big angst there. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, It's uh, you put. it's kind of like you're offering them kind of a product, you know, and they're under no obligation to listen to any of what you do. They're no, just, uh, you know, sorry. paying you cool. to, or, you know, hopefully paying you <laughs> to, uh, to, to, give your wisdom. And, um, and, you know, hopefully like, uh, I mean, as most uh, most scholars are not, you know, so business people, they don't know what will work. And things like that, but uh, a really like shrewd and clever uh, showbiz person who like knows their craft, like it whether it's movies or books or whatever, they will find a way to incorporate what is like proper and good and tried and tested into Mm -hmm. their material, and they will know how to spot like quality material where they find it. And people who just are in it for the wrong reasons, they 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 just won't get it, you know. I think that's. Mm that's what it boils down to they just won't get it and most most of these people they they don't do it they they jump from one project to the next and some people have an eye for this and some some don't simply put i think that you know eggers has uh he has what it takes you know to make a good uh, a good viking movie yeah i think so
1: yeah i i am i'm very hopeful it will turn out to be enjoyable and fine i mean many movies you can just watch without becoming too obsessed with details and um, and incidentally i mean there's a lot of movies and shows that are put in the past uh, one for instance is rome hbo's rome there's a lot of anachronisms in the show but it's overall a very entertaining show
2: yeah
1: um so and other shows like it yeah, so and um, it's, a,
4: it's a good it's a good educational thing to inspire to like learn more about rome exactly uh,
1: or yeah. any other culture or any other topic that you know the the TV show addresses or the movie addresses so i definitely believe it is um it's a good thing to do to 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 make uh, movies and to make content that is put in the past because it also stimulates the audience uh, as long as it's done the, the proper way anyway it's also you know what i mean that it's like you know,
0: There's also a derivative aspect of this because I think that I I generally think that if you make like bad stuff, that's spin streak. Like if you made really bad stuff, and everybody's exposed to really awful shit, I think that that has a detrimental, like negative impact on things. For sure. Bad quality, very crude, vulgar. Uh, Vikings is the quintessential example of this, you know, where it's like everything it touches turns to shit. You know, cheapens everything. Yeah,
4: no, no, no. it it doesn't make anything better. It actually makes it worse.
0: Yeah, it like, actually, yeah, it actually makes it worse, but it doesn't take much. If you make something that is okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. If it's okay, you know, then it actually that actually has the opposite effect. The next but, but, thing, yeah, it is be interest and people will will
4: research and yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, but, and
4: yeah.
0: at that point mm-hmm. now, it's like it's like uh, there have been like every once in Blue Moon, there have been things that are like actually like go through it and aren't absolutely shit. That are okay, you know. And uh, this has mm-hmm. maybe been the result. Like maybe like Eggers' fault. Yeah, I want to make a good Viking movie or something, and he's gonna make something. And even if even if he doesn't make, uh, like okay, let's say like he makes a great movie. Uh, but it could make okay. On the other hand, if it is not a if it's not a, if it's not a fantastic movie, but it's a good movie, it's an okay movie, you can watch it. I think that that will have a positive effect on on other people making movies about adjacent subject matter. I think that they will make movies that are, of course. absolutely at least not worse. You know, you know. It's, it's, it's really well,
4: but but back to uh, back to Valhalla pricing. I, I think it would be more healthy to do fa- like the um, that is surprisingly not a shitting movie because it's kind of a fantasy movie. It's kind of an artsy movie, uh, with intent or not. Yeah. But it it breaks old walls. It's kind of like in its own vacuum.
2: Yeah. That
4: is what makes it kind of a good movie um I would like I would like more like if you're doing Norse uh, movies I would like more like yeah breaking walls, more artsy, more mm-hmm. surreal Surrealism more surrealism
0: no. I I don't know if I if I'm gonna ruin this uh, for <laughs> but, but okay so I've had this discussion with the very first guest on the podcast Legit Gardella, you know or mm-hmm. not Legit Gardewa uh, and he, he, uh, he, uh, he said that uh, he would love to make a Viking movie. Uh, and it's a, a kind of a, a supernatural kind of Viking movie. So in, in retrospect, it sounds like one of those E24 movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of like what we're discussing here, basically. And uh, he wanted it to be about uh, a Ceres, you know, a Bolva, which very apt, very connected to his field of study. And he wants it to be like... There's nothing in the movie in itself that obviously says there's anything supernatural going on. But there could be little hints here and there. Little things that don't really... Oh, yeah, happen, yeah. You know? It's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I don't know, it could be, a, if I understand him right, like it could be like a, a person is talking and the shadows behind them just don't make sense, you know, if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. everything is told with a straight face and it's just like you would see it in real life, you know? And that's kind of like, um, you have to have to remember but, but
4: it, like it, it, these worldviews. It kind of accepts the supernatural.
0: Yes, yeah. And that's what yeah. I think. That's what's going on in the witch too. The witch has that thing going on where it's like everything yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is agnostic to the whole concept of witchcraft until the end, right? Oh,
2: you
0: no, know, but I think that that's a, actually a good, it's a good uh, device. That, uh, but or you could do completely opposite. You could do like uh, this uh, Estonian uh, folklore movie called uh, November, and that's also like an art house movie, where it's like. Uh, you have a dichotomy between uh, the Swedish elites on one hand, and you have with their church and whatnot, and you have the kind of like locals who do all sorts of like folk magic sort of tricks, and they have their familiars, you know, that work for them. Right. And it's more, almost like it's depicted almost like a technological difference, where like the occult is more. Um, or like an or a technological advantage that you resort to things and it's a, it's a competitive sort of so, sort of relationship between the two and I mm-hmm. thought that, that was a very interesting angle fantastic movie um, that I heartily recommend everybody to to watch also I'm
4: looking forward to
0: they're talking about like so so the so in Estonia I guess the uh, the, uh, the word for what Norwegians would call a troll cat, which is kind of like, a, a which is familiar, is a uh, krat, uh, which is etymologically connected to uh, skratte, which means sorcerer, uh, more more, the uh, uh, meaning to laugh. Huh. Uh, I thought that was just kind of, yeah, just a funny tangent there, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I oh, think yeah. unless anybody else has anything else to add, I'm burning up with any comments or something, maybe we should end it at this point. I think this has been a really
2: great. Yeah. Uh...
1: No, I mean, just just as a as a final remark, I do believe this particular movie has potential. Um, I look forward to seeing it myself. Um, and as we already discussed, I do believe also that uh, it is important to. the audience sake and also for (laughs) you know posterity if you will because people will of course base their work on the work it's it's inevitable Um, and you see inspirations from all over the place uh, in this particular movie as well um but uh, i do believe that indeed as we said earlier that you know stick to your hold to your guns stick to your guns um and uh if this is more of a supernatural element in the movie then fine just make it so don't throw in all kinds of uh you know real world uh elements um unless unless it's completely necessary but still you know you can still because they have a distinction between low fantasy and high fantasy yeah and i think a lot of this stuff is is, Yeah, yeah yeah you know so so in this particular movie, fine. You, you you have also the Valkyrie. Valkyries are supernatural creatures, um, and, uh, and a emotive at that. Um, and I think if you see something like that, it kind of should tell you a little bit what the kind of a story you could expect. Yeah. Now we don't know how the Valkyrie plays a role in the movie. It could be many different angles. You know, not necessarily something that actually moves in the world, but. At the same time, you know, we don't know yet, so we'll, we'll hopefully they you will know, depict it in a in a in a much more accurate way, uh, you know, akin to what people in the Viking age and even before the Viking age would have imagined. Hopefully,
0: yeah, no, I think uh, uh, we'll see. I think uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a great choice. Yeah, definitely lean into the fantasy element if if you can, because I think that that will. It's a great it's a great technique this sort of stuff. Yeah, so. and, it's, and, and, it, and, and it, to be it, frank, it, yeah, you know.
4: it's, it's a great playground. It can make it more exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, okay. I completely agree. I agree. Folks, I think we are all, uh, yeah, this has been a wonderful uh, little uh, roundtable discussion here. Uh, I think this was a great uh, <laughs> uh, experiment also in this uh, format because I, I really want to do more of this stuff in the future, these kind of interactive uh, community driven uh, episodes. Um, yeah, so thank you uh, for coming, Axel, all the way down. You're more
1: than welcome.
0: From Italy uh, in, the, yes. in the Langobardic territories. Um, Country
1: of good food. And on that note, as you well know, Eric, maybe in the future we can do a little bit of a collaboration. Who knows? Oh, knows huh? these things. Yes. Knows
0: these things. I'd be very thrilled to do that. Uh, and of course, well, yeah. uh,
1: no no spoiler alert, but yes, we'll yeah. definitely um, keep the iron hot, as they say.
0: And you know, the, the door is always open for you, Axel. I cannot promise you what, uh, like, I cannot give any definite uh, promises on what awaits you on the other side. If you choose, to... <laughs> an but, but uh, <laughs> thank you for coming on, and thank you guys for tuning in and for your questions and comments. And this has been great, <laughs> especially since the episode turned out to be like twice as long as it was intended to be <laughs> because of our post uh, episode discussion. So yeah, thank you all. Have a great uh, evening. Bye bye.